0: So before i introduce the fellas i just want to acknowledge a few of the companies making this thing happen today uh we have goldman sachs one million black women initiative in the building okay and y'all were here from some very incredible ladies a little later on we have bumble cadillac hallmark mahogany puma you'll you'll peep some shoes around here too uh first horizon bank and of course confluential films who is bringing you this next conversation so i'm gonna say one more thing before that also post 21 we have a marketplace in the back i'll tell you all all the companies that are there after this conversation and post 21 who is one of our sponsors as well who has a beautiful activation right there in the center Don't forget some some booze in the Libations Lounge back there. Um, So Confluential Films is a film and television production company and financier created and run by Tommy Oliver. And today we're having a conversation between Tommy, actors Algie Smith and Melvin Gregg about brotherhood. All right? We're centering Black men's voices today because y'all matter.
1: Hello. So... Some of y'all know, in addition to my wife and I creating Black Love, I also do movies and docs and TV and other stuff. And I am I'm also, as much as I love people and love community, I don't like people I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And somebody is like he knows that. It's like I, I don't. And so but for me it's always been when you when you find good people, I believe in nurturing those relationships. When you find people who are good at what they do and they're good people and they operate from a place of integrity, it changes everything for me. And so we just finished the movie together, which is fucking dope. It's a movie that he's the lead of that we uh, produced and co-financed with Macro. And we got some stuff that we're developing and we're going to figure out what we're going to do soon. But it's, again, for me being able to do stuff with people who are in this industry where so many people are full of BS, where so many people are, it's all about what they can get from somebody. It's all about, I don't care about my homie or my brother. I'm gonna do what I need to do for me. And finding people who they wanna, they're hungry and they wanna do what they need to do, but it's operating from a place of we can all win together. And so when I was thinking about this panel, it was the two of them and our other homie, Keith Powers, who's my boy, who I have another movie in post with based off a book that Cody found called The Perfect Find. And it's just, for me, becoming a bit of just the tribe of the, the young, super fucking talented homies. And so that's where we are. Let's just start with, what does brotherhood and friendship in
2: this industry look like for either of you? For me, I take it serious, you know what I mean? Because it's the family that you choose, so... I only want to surround myself with people who I can be myself around and they hold me accountable to be myself. Because as an actor, a lot of times if you don't hire those people, you spend more time being other people and you actually yourself on different projects, playing all these different characters, and you kind of lose yourself. But the people I surround myself with are people who hold me accountable and keep me grounded. So that's very, very important. And then just to have people. Who think on the same same wavelength as I do and have the same ambitions and drive? I don't. I don't want to, you know, talk to bums all day. They're not gonna get. They're not gonna get what I'm talking about. They're not gonna get my struggles. I might be complaining about something, and they' be like, "Nigga, you lucky? You doing it?" It's like, come on, man. I want. I want more. Like, you know, what I mean, they they just can't relate. So to have people that's doing what I'm doing and we still have the same hunger is is great. And if those are friendships that you can create before you even come into success is even better because it's a deeper relationship. You all know where you came from and the relationship is authentic. You know, you know, you know they're not coming for you to benefit from you, but to
3: pour into you as well. Uh, for me, I think brotherhood and friendship. I mean, that's what my whole life is really surrounded by. I live with my whole family still right now to this day. You know, and we, you know, I've been homeless with my family before, homeless with my friends, my brothers. And then we all moved out here together as well. So, you know, I think it's, it's it's many things for me. It's sacrifice. It's making sure you're on the same mission. It's making sure you mentioning other people. And I think it's this meme that I keep seeing around. It's like the people who mention you in rooms where opportunity is, when you're not there. That's, that's who the people are for you. And that's what me and my brothers do. And so it's like knowing where we're all going. And just like Melvin said, holding each other accountable. On that mission, but I think it's just complete selflessness, though. It's just like, you know, we, we're all one body. You know what I'm saying? For me, having that tribe and sort of finding
1: that tribe has been the thing that's made all the difference in L.A. Because probably in more, more here than any place else that I've ever been, there's just a lot of bullshit out here. in relationships and friendships and people trying to backstab you. And just all of it. And so finding people who will hold you accountable and they'll tell you, nah, you're you're, you're fucking up. It's like, nah, you were actually wrong, whether it's in your relationship or in a business dealing or whatever it was. And know that it's coming from a place of love.
2: And, and people who are willing to receive it when you hold them accountable. You know what I mean? Because you... is when you got them friends and you try to hold them accountable and they're like, oh, you hating or you don't understand, it's like, nah, I'm really trying to be real with you because you need people to be real with you. Um, and when they can't take that, you kind of just kind of, you got to distance yourself because that energy is is contagious and you don't really want it to, you know, rub off on you or to, you to feel like, uh, oh, am I hating or I can't be honest with this person? That relationship ain't real, in my opinion.
1: No, because so oftentimes we don't often, we don't always see the things that we're doing And having people who you can trust, is that better wife? Okay. (laughs) Like that, where she's just like, and I'm like, "Ah, you can hear me. It's like, no, you can't hear me. And so having people who can push you to be the best version of yourself while still, like, so one of the things with confluential films is it's the, the confluence of art, entertainment, and business told through a culturally specific approach and done authentically where the only people telling the stories we're telling are the people who should be telling those stories and always with integrity. And at no point am I willing to compromise on the integrity of how we're doing stuff. And it doesn't matter if how much upside there is, how much value there is and compromising. I'm not doing it. And for, for me, and it's like like he's smiling. Like that's a, that's Prince, our head of film at Confluential, and like we've had these conversations. We've had these decisions where we've we've walked away from plenty of things where it's gotta be the right setup, the right people, the right deal, and we have to be able to hold each other accountable and all of that. And so again, for me, it's just that circle, you gotta be diligent with it because you spend so much time with the people that you you hold dear. And you are far more influenced by that circle than you realize.
3: Yeah. And that's the most important, like, it's like home base is the most important relationships you can have. You know what I'm saying? Like the outside is cool, but whatever you got, whatever you call that, whether they in your house, whether they just your brothers or your sisters, whatever that is, like, that's the most important thing you got. That's That's where you should be able to be the most honest. Do you ever...
1: Find yourself being competitive with each other, or with you know Woody
2: and Keith and for sure, me for sure. They know it too, though. They know it. I I don't because I feel like like this is a, acting isn't a competitive sport, you know. And and I had a situation where it's like I've been doing Keith since maybe two thousand. 13, we was, I met him, we was both doing a commercial audition, sitting here, uh, commercial auditions are silly, you do nothing, you go in front of the camera, it was like, I like you saw a uh, shooting star, and you just got, <laughs> 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 thank you, we'll let you know, and is you know what I mean, so I, I met him in a, <laughs> I met him in a space like that, and we took some of the acting classes, and we were, we were familiar with each other, but we weren't friends just yet. And we had the same acting coach, uh, Dustin Felder, rest in peace, Dustin Felder, but uh, Keith was booking a lot of stuff and I'm like, yo, why am I not booking nothing? Like he's booking everything. And Dustin told me, he was like, everybody has their season. Like, just be patient, keep doing what you're doing and what's for you will come. And from that, I just learned to be patient and you know what I mean? Wait for my season to come. And throughout it, like just because you win something, don't mean you took something from me. Even if it's a role we both went out for, like it was for you and something else will come along um, for me. So I just kind of learned to not be competitive within my friend um, circle. But I've seen times where I've had like uh, hater traits for other people who ain't my friends. Like, yo, they booked him? Like, what? Come on. Like, Like, see, like,
3: and not to cut you off, but to that point, I feel like, when i say competitive it ain't it ain't nothing that's um that's uh that's negative you know what i'm saying i'm just like i'm a competitive person you feel me and then with those guys too like we all we kind of all like came up together with that new edition movie so it was like we was competitive in rehearsal it's like no nah, i got to no nah, i got to know i'm going to be the one you feel what i'm saying but then that makes it better all around though cuz it's like if I know you working and I'm, and I'm working too, and then we just both got that dog, and it's just like, all right, let me see how much you can get. You're going to see how much I can get too, and we're going to do it. But
1: it's going to push us both though. I'm with it. I have more stuff, but any questions quickly? I actually, I really enjoy conversational and more than, hey, this is what it is. And so if there are any questions, let me know. My, my team gets mad because we say no far more than we say yes. But it matters so much because one, things take a lot of time. and. That is the time is so important. You can't get it back. And if you're doing stuff that's not valuable, that's not aligned with your values or where you want to go, there's a real opportunity cost to it. And so for me, for Cody and I, for Confluential, for the homies, like all of it is like we, we ain't doing the bullshit. It's just not happening. And I don't care what it is. And so it's served me well because... Like you said, it's like sometimes it's not for you. And then you leave this space open for it to happen. And you may not even know at all.
2: You might not. My my biggest breaks came after me not getting something that I thought was for me. I didn't get it. And then that freed me up to get things that were like great for me. So from that, you just kind of learn to trust the process. And to kind of tag on what, what y'all just said, how do I say without speaking in too much detail? There's been a situation where Tommy was like, is this something I should be involved with? And me saying yes would benefit me. And at first I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe so. And then when I seen like a, I guess you would say like a red flag in a sense, I'm like, yeah, I can't bring Tommy on to something that I'm unsure about because although it could benefit me, it's just not worth it. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to tease somebody up to miss and is because they trusted something that I said. So um that kind of is just another perspective of just the no and knowing when to say no. And part of that comes from me trusting him and knowing
1: that he has insight and he's going to evaluate something and we're all going to make our own decisions. But when you have people who you respect and people you trust that it matters a lot. And so like, I'm not the sort of person, whether it's in business or personal relationships, where, oh, let's get all these people and then just ignore what they say. And so like, between confluential Films and Black Love, we probably have 35 people on the, on, the, on the company, on the team. And I believe in listening to people and make, making sure that we are hearing the smart people that we've brought in. And so in this case, it's like, I trust them.
2: And in full circle, that trust just came from the, the guy we spoke about earlier, uh, Keith. Keith had told me he was just... Re- I didn't know who Tommy was. He was like, yo, Tommy's like one of the realest guys in the industry. Like, Tommy said when we met, he was like, I I got something for you. And then he just called me and offered me a role. Like, nobody ever does that because there's so many filters in Hollywood. Everybody want to go through these agents and agencies. And, and a lot of time things get muddy. But he was like, nah, like, this is crazy. How He just said he had something for me. And, and it was as simple as that. And then... Um, And then Prince over here, he was vouched by another one of my close friends, and it's people that I trust. So when it's people that I trust that vouch for somebody, it's like, I automatically just put my trust into them until, of course, they prove otherwise. But because it came from a circle of trust, and then we all just organically ended up linking and having conversations like, okay, I see why... You know, my friends trusted these guys because they are sincere and and genuine people.
0: So my question, thank you so much for talking about integrity. When you sit down with your team, like, I think it's easier to probably say no to things when you kind of have a mission and a vision. So I'm just curious about, like, what how do you guys decide, like, what your mission is, what your vision is, like, that would kind of set a framework for the things you may say yes to or no to. And then what role does maybe intuition play? Because we talked about dating. Things might look good on paper. But, you know, how does that come into play when you make decisions as well? I'm going
1: to tell you a story. <laughs> so after I've made my first two indies, I made a movie called Kenya Wanda. I made a movie called 1982. Uh, Kenya Rwanda was at Sundance. Where we won the audience war. Toronto, or 1982 was at Toronto. And then I met a couple of folks from Screen Gems. And that led to me producing my first Sony movie, studio movie. And as we were in prep, the, the guy who ran the studio, it was a white guy. He offered me a movie to direct. It was a $12 million movie with Taraji attached. And there were a bunch of issues with the script. And... We we had, there was another executive in there named James Lopez, who was great. He was fantastic. We, along with the director, were making the same movie. It was called The Perfect Guy with Michael Ely, Sonali, then Morris Chestnut. Fantastic experience. The person who was running the studio was very different. He had a bunch of thoughts and notes around making the lowest common denominator version of the film, which I'm good on. And he offered me this movie And there were all these issues that were in the script, and we were talking, talking, talking. And at some point, I was like, yeah, I'm good. And this is while we're prepping a movie that I'm producing that he's a studio head of. And I had directed one movie at that point, a sub-million dollar indie, and he's offering me a studio movie that's, I don't know, I think it was like $12 million or $15 million with Taraji but I knew the way that he was talking about the the script and the things that he was interested in, it was never going to be a match. And I didn't say no, because I had something else. I said no, because it was the wrong thing. And I slept like a baby that night, didn't care. And so like, I, didn't, I didn't care if it, it took another year or 10 years I was doing what I knew was right for me. And I know that I want to operate in a certain way, both in making what I'm making, whether it's a movie or a doc or TV, and in the, the quality of what I'm making. And so for me, it's all about doing things that I can be proud of. And that's my barometer. And so doing things that I can be proud of, but also doing things that, are, that we can do profitably so we get to keep making them. But... But it's both of those things. And so, again, confluential is the confluence of art, entertainment, and business told through a culturally specific approach, done authentically with the only people who are telling the stories or the people who should be telling the stories. And so that's how we look at everything. And that, that language sort of evolved out of a lot of no's. And me thinking about what that looks like and why, and always going back to doing shit I can be proud of, doing stuff that I can stand by, doing it in a way that I can be proud so that when we're all done, it's like, again, we just finished the movie and maybe he'll tell you otherwise, but we had a great time. We had a great time. It was a, a hard shoot, but it was a fun experience filled with respect and good people. Also with a bunch of people on the crew who look like us. It was a movie that we produced with Macro. And so it was the homies, actually full circle moment where James Lopez, who was the executive, who's the person who's most responsible for me producing, the perfect guy. He was also a producer on it and he's the person who brought me that movie. And so, which we co-fi 50-50 with Macro. And so it just comes down to, for me, doing stuff that I know when end of the day I look at myself in the mirror I'm happy with who I am and the decisions that I made and the way that my wife and my kids look at me as a result of how I operate every single day.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> and I think just like just to piggyback off of that too like sometimes in my experience I've also been blessed and I'll say I've been blessed enough to even say no to a lot of things as well. Because there was a time where I wasn't getting anything, like any offers, so I know what that feels like as well. But I think it's also a thing of trusting your intuition, and you know, because when Young, Wild, and Free came, I had like three other different things on the plate that I could have did, but I was just like, I had to take a gamble and go with what my heart felt, you know what I'm saying? And what I felt my intuition was like, oh no, this is going to be the one. And then I couldn't even, when when we were shooting Young, Wild, and Free, I was like, I couldn't even picture myself doing those other films. But it's always going to be that. It's always going to be like, okay... As you keep going up, it's going to be more and more. You're just going to have to decipher that intuition and like what you really want. You guys talked about
2: brotherhood. How do you know when when you have a brother that you've been friends with for so long, you get them all the advice, you try to hold them accountable, um, and you see them not just putting in the work. When do you know to stop being their brother and start moving away from them? Uh, you can't. You can't want something for someone more than they want it for themselves. I mean, so if you don't see them putting in the work, it's not saying that they're not a good friend, and you know what I mean. But it's just like you gotta, you gotta move accordingly. You know what I mean. You can't continue to invest in in somebody who's not um, doing. They need to be doing it twice as amount of work. <laughs> you know what I mean. And they can't depend on you to win. You know what I mean. Their their success shouldn't be attached to you helping them. They should be um, moving along their path. And anything that you do for them is additional and they should see it that way as well because you don't owe anybody anything. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. I've dealt with that a lot. Um, when uh, I got friends sleeping on my couch and I feel like they got all the talent in the world, but they're not moving forward. But They feel like talent is enough. It's, it's not, you know what I mean? It's an entertainment business. And if it's not making sense for people, they're not going to move with it. You could find a guy on the corner over here in Skid Row who could probably sing circles around your favorite you know, artists. But it's not enough sometimes. So they're not working. It's not your responsibility to work for them. Yeah, for sure.
3: For sure. (laughs) No, for sure. To kind of hit on that question in a different way, I don't think you got to stop being their brother. I think you just got to know where to put people. You know, I got a lot of homies that, you know, and even family members, you know, not my immediate family, but like cousins that they see what's possible. But then they don't, you know what I'm saying? They just don't have the whatever that is to go do it. That don't mean I got to stop being there for them, but I just know the capacity to put them in. I don't, I don't come to them with certain things or I don't talk to them about certain things. Because I know they can't, they, they can't receive that yet. So it's like it's just depending on where you want to put them in your life and if you want to cut them out or not.
0: Crystal gave me the microphone because I have a question.
3: Well, hold on. I want to say one, 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 one
1: quick thing. I can That's give it to right? somebody else. I don't know. I just want to add one, one last thing. Okay, okay. And it's the idea of if you're an airplane, you know, they'd say you to put the mask on first. It's important to make sure that you don't get to a place where it's draining you and affecting your ability to be your best self or affecting your ability to show up for your family or for your friends. Because as much as we want to be able to support other people, like you said, you cannot want it more for them than they want for themselves. And so you can can push, you can try. But it also reminds me of something that I heard a long time ago, which I struggled with. I think it was 16 or 17. I was in Philly in freedom schools. And there was a professor at he's still at Howard. His name was Dr. Greg, Dr. Greg Carr. And
3: <laughs>
1: Dr. Carr. But what he said to me was that not everybody's going to the future and it was so hard because i was this 16 year old naive kid looking at life through rose colored glasses and wanting to expect for everybody to figure it out and we went back and forth and but he was right i mean it's for a car and he it's a it's a hard thing but people have to want it for themselves
0: okay chris you said i can ask my question um, and also yes applause that was a good answer i liked it <laughs>
4: I thank support you, wife.
0: it. I support it. Bison, okay. You know what happened. Okay. Um thank you. Um all right. So, you know, little old lady here pushing 40 raising three boys. Um, little old lady, I'm where what, I mean, what the hell are you, you know, talking what about? what I'm saying no. is when I look at Melvin Algy like I see young men with A great, you know, for lack of a better word, head on your shoulders, right? Like confidence. And as you mentioned earlier, accountability, looking for your friendships to hold you accountable and for you to do the same, right? So my question to to all of you, husband included, you know, I'm raising three black boys, right? What advice do you have for um, me creating, us creating an environment to foster this confidence, this vulnerability, which, you know, takes time, but but how can I as a parent and other parents do that?
2: I don't know. We're equipped to answer that. I'm a parent as well. The way I approach it is just like uh, lead by example. If I'm vulnerable with my son and confident and, and I'm, I'm drowning him with like, you know, emotion. and it's, it's things I didn't get growing up that I wish I would have. You know what I mean? It was never any vulnerability. It was never, I had problems showing affection because my parents never did it for me, but I smother my kids with affection because I want them to know it's okay. And you could be vulnerable. It doesn't mean, you know, that you're not a man, but also be confident. Confidence is everything. But other than that, the things I feel like that help me get to a place of where I am now, of course, you live and you learn. You got to make your own mistakes. But it's just being conscious. Like the greatest sin is to be unconscious. I receive that as uh, self-reflection. You know, look at yourself, see how you see yourself. And if there are things you could be better with. Listen to people around you. If you see your actions affect people in this way and that's not a way that you want to come off, adjust them. And another thing I do too is I'm conscious of how I'm affected by other people. If I see Tommy moving a certain way and I'm like, damn, I really like that, like, That's something I try to, you know, implement into who I am. And if it's, I see people doing things that I don't like, like, damn, he always talking. He always got something negative to say. And that's something that I, you know, unconsciously do is like, okay, let me pull back and stop being that way. So just being conscious, self-reflect and continue to to grow. I
3: ain't got no kids yet, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, I can, I mean, I can just go out for like, what I came up in and the type of environment I came up in, I think just to answer your question, it's just creating that environment because I think what my parents did for me, uh, which I'm super blessed for is, you know, you know they allowed me to, um, to think for myself. They allowed me to, to try things. They allowed me to go explore. Obviously, within reason, because I got black parents, so it ain't nothing crazy. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I got the, it wasn't like you can't do this because it is like my mom would explain things to me and not just tell me I can't do it it's like no this is why and like this is this and this is that. I grew up in a house with a lot of love as well. And I just feel like yeah like Melvin said, I mean you got to have your own experiences but as long as you create that environment and they know they got that foundation, that's 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 never going to leave. It's always there so. All right, what's next?
4: <laughs> Hello. My name is Kenya. And my question is, when it comes to brotherhood, what do you guys want to see more of in circles? Because I know when it comes to, like most women's circles, we talk about everything, even unnecessary things. And we also feel that... And sometimes we would like to think that guys do that as well. we like to think that you do that. But as far as a circle, what do you guys want to see more of when it comes to keeping each other accountable? So for an example, Tommy, if you have an opportunity, how do you pick which who you want to put on in your circle? Because I'm pretty sure everyone is talented. So when it comes, do you ever struggle at home and is like, oh my God, like I got this and it's like three people I can choose, who would I do it? And then on the other side of it, how is your brotherhood to where they're like, okay, I can see why he didn't pick me from that. Or is it like, dang, why he didn't pick me for that one? So what do you guys, as far as brotherhood, wish that you can see within each other more?
1: So I'm somebody who's always believed that a rising tide raises all ships. And the same way that he was talking about, like what's for you is for you. I'm not in competition with anybody except for myself. Like, that's it. And the truth of it is there are a lot of talented people, but not a lot of hard workers. And in this industry, the, the hard work is oftentimes way more valuable and matters more in somebody's success versus talent. Talent's maybe 10% of it, really. And people think, oh, I'm so good. I don't know why I didn't do it because you set your ass at home and you watch a bunch of bullshit all day. And then you're surprised that you didn't actually get to where you wanted to get. And so there is actually a dearth of talented people who work hard and who understand the industry. And so we, one of the things that we didn't announce is that we raised a bunch of money and we're financing movies, not just dogs and doc series, but movies and it's hard to find enough people who have an understanding of the industry and an understanding of what's going on to be able to do it. And so, which is why, like I started with finding good people, like we have something we're developing. We're going to figure out what else we're going to do next. And you just develop and lean into those people. And I would love to be in a place where there were too many, but it's not, there aren't enough people who are good people who are hustlers and talented because you might be good, but you're lazy, or you might be a hustler, but you're actually not that good. And it's like, when you you find people, it's just like, look, I texted for this panel. (laughs) Yes, but like for this panel, I texted three people. It was a text chain with the two of them and and Keith. And they both said, yes, Keith's in Sacramento, which is why he's not here. But like, when you find them, it's like, they were like, yeah, I mean, he took fucking two weeks to respond. I was going through a lot guys i
2: was going through a lot okay <laughs> like how'd you even find that you just oh the blue oh. dot <laughs> but the, the point is, is like
1: if like if they ask me for something because i know them and i know their work ethic it's like cool let's figure out how to make it work the same way where it's like i'm not going to ask them for some bs and so it was like i asked them and they showed up and i appreciate it and so it's just about finding those people that you can work with and again the that's not the issue it's just making sure that people understand what the assignment is and they do their part.
3: Uh, me personally, I feel like what I would want to see is what you just said, what y'all women do, is just talk about everything. Me and my bros, we talk about everything. We, we go out to eat and we talk about what did you do this week that you're proud of, what are you not proud of, what can you get better at. We ask each other these questions that can sharpen each other. So. I think that would be just a great start, just more open communication and just like, you know, letting that guard down a little bit because everybody don't want to talk about their struggles, especially men. It's like we already got so much going on, but that can help heal a lot. Just having your homie there and just to go back and forth and bounce off of and just asking those questions that you wouldn't really ask. It's one of
1: the things like with Black Love, the the show, that Cody and I were very intentional where it was, even though we understand that most of these shows are watched by women, it's a show that Cody and I created together. And it always had to pass the Tommy test, which meant that if guys were watching, it didn't feel like we were being talked at or talked over. And... Because of that, you do see guys talking about it. I mean, yes, it's just, it's not in a conversation where they're seeing somebody else, but we do talk about those things. We do have emotions, even if people, and you know, I'll pretend as though that's not the case, it's not necessarily everything that women talk about, <laughs> but we do have those conversations.
2: Me personally, uh, I got different groups, and it's weird like when I have an event, I don't know what group to invite because they ain't all friends with each other. And it's like, he don't really like him. Or he ain't going to want to be around him, so it's weird. So I got different groups for for different things. You know, I got the groups that's it's just a lot of nonsense. Um, I got the groups where it's like the actor group. We just talk about work and what's going on and what we're watching and what we're going out for and, and that type of stuff. And then I got like the group of people I grew up with where we just talk about nonsense too, but it's not like I'm going to that group because... I need to, like, let things out or express myself in a certain way. It's just, uh, these are my friends I grow with. So I just got, like, different groups for different things. So I guess I figure out where (laughs) I could put you when I meet you. Um, But, yeah, and I think it changes, too, with where you are in your life. You know, I'm engaged and I got kids, so I ain't really trying to be in a group where they just sending girls all day and talking about, you know, who's smacking who and this and that. It's like... I can't engage in this conversation, like...
1: But I but that that's is. real,
2: and not enough people
1: realize that... Sorry to cut you off, yeah, yeah. but as you progress in life, your circle needs to progress with you. Because if you don't, you're going to do the same sort of things that you were doing before. Right, you start getting FOMO like, damn, should
2: I be going out tonight? hmm, the kids are asleep. What should I do? But the
1: kids still wake up at the same time in the morning no matter what time you get in.
2: Exactly. And it ain't worth it. You got to, you know, that's, that's for you to decide what's more important in your life. But that's, you want to surround yourself with. Like, I have that group. No, I don't. I left that group, chat. But I have another group where people in relationships and we tease the single ones. Like, yo, don't come to our, our kids' birthday parties with these random strippers. Like, you know, have you... <laughs> If you ain't got no kid, don't show up. <laughs> and then 10 years from now, don't bring your two-month-old to our 10-year-old kid party because you waited till you was 45 to have kids. No offense to whoever did. My daddy was 42. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying so the, me dichotomy, and the dichotomy of the groups. We got different sides of the spectrum, man. You know what I mean? You engage differently. All right. Who's next?
0: Hi, I'm Jeannie. Uh, thank you so much for what you're doing today. I uh, really appreciate hearing you your all's perspective. Um, so just in the interest in supporting black men, right, you talked a lot about in relationships and holding each other accountable. And I want to kind of talk about the steps to sort of walking back an issue where you were held accountable and didn't handle it well and maybe decided to cut off the relationship for that. How does someone in your life who's your female counterpart, let's say, help you to sort of see something like that when they can sort of evaluate the, the situation from an objective standpoint? What's been like maybe said to you that's allowed for that reflection that Melvin was talking about?
2: Um, it's a long I, question. No, nah, it's fine. I think you have to trust that person because if you don't trust that person, you don't trust their, like, what they're giving you. And you know what I mean? So, And that has to come over time where they've said things that eventually you grow into. And I was like, damn, you was right. That's how I am with, like... My fiance, we've been dating for like ten years, so it's like things that she told me six years ago that was like whack, and I'm like, nah, this it. And now I'm looking like, dang, you was right, like <laughs> with so many things, like my health, like get your tonsils taken off. Well, no, I'm straight. And then like five years later, I get it, and now I'm on a, I'm like, damn, deathbed because I waited too late. Just different things where experiences and her perspective came into play, and um. I'm still learning. Like, you know, she'll still send me, you know, little Impact Theory videos and I'll watch them until two months later. I'm like, dang, that was good. But now it's two months and not like two years. So just over time, you you earn that trust. Um, and everybody's communication is different. So it's not one particular way I could tell. But try to find a way that he receives the message. And even if he don't receive it, then you said it. So when he does, when he is enlightened one day, like he might not tell you, but he's like, dang, she did tell me that. I think that, for me, it really comes down to
1: knowing that the other person, the person on the other side, has your best interest. and and that comes from knowing that you've chosen well, and if you haven't chosen well, and you're with somebody who's bitter or, you know, trying to always be in competition with you, that's a different story, but if you've chosen well, they want the best for you and for you collectively, and so... It's trying to understand where they're coming from. It's trying to understand maybe there's something in it, even if the, re- the immediate response is like, nah, that ain't right. It's like, there's this idea in notes with film, understanding the note behind the note, where the note isn't necessarily the thing, but it's understanding the intention of the note. And so then it's my responsibility as a filmmaker or as a, a husband or, or a, a whatever it may be to understand the intention behind it as best I can. We got time for one last question.
0: Hello, good afternoon. I have a question, of course. It's about mental health. Um, There are some, there are a lot of black men who are against going to therapy um, and definitely um, confronting trauma or any issues um, they might have. What do you guys thought on mental health and have you guys ever encouraged your brother, your friends to go to mental health? I mean, not mental health, see a therapist. So that way they could... Do what they need to do to better themselves. And also, what is you guys for black men, what are your type of self-care for your mental health?
2: Um, I don't even know if I'm I've never gone to therapy. Um and I'm not against it. I try to encourage my mom and my daddy to go to therapy. Like I feel like <laughs> like y'all need this. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not dealing with y'all trauma. Uh, but me, personally, I use my, like I spoke on my different friend groups. I use my friends as therapists and, and my girl. It's like I'm completely transparent. I don't have secrets. Like I got stuff that might not be your business, but somebody else know. You know what I mean? It's like I'm, I'm completely transparent. And kind of to speak to what I said earlier about just self-reflecting and being conscious of stuff, um, I talk about it. I get different input from Other people get different feedback and just try to address it. And I like to journal too. Um, It was one point where I journal every day for like six years and it's just like whatever's going on in my life. And I've seen times where I go back and read these journal entries and it's answering the questions. And it's like deep down, I know the answers. And for me taking the time to articulate my thoughts letter by letter, word by word, sentence by sentence, I'm able to come to a conclusion that's helpful for me. But I'm, not, I'm definitely not against therapy, and, you know, one day I'll try it. I just haven't gotten there yet. Um, I feel like I'm doing pretty good, which I feel like a lot of people that need therapy say. Um, <laughs> but until my ship starts sinking out, uh, you know, I'm cool right now. <laughs>
1: hundred dollars an hour a little different. I, I think that, for me, it was much more about the end of your question and asking sort of what we do for self-care. And I think that therapy can be one of those things. And I think it it varies person to person and it requires one to be self-aware as much as you can. And knowing that, oh, the things that I'm doing, my coping mechanisms or my mechanisms to try to figure out why this thing isn't improving, well, maybe I need something else. And so sometimes it's journaling, sometimes it's music, sometimes it's hiking, sometimes it's talking to your friends, sometimes it's whatever it may be. And so- I think therapy is one of those things. I don't think it's the only thing. I don't think therapy is right for everybody, but I think that it can be helpful. But it's much more on the individual to know that, hey, I'm hungry. I got to figure out how to make sure that this hunger gets taken care of or this void is no longer there in a way that is negatively affecting my life or my relationships.
3: I've never done therapy either, and I'm not against it. I mean, I've done life coaching, like, that was kind of therapy for me because it had just had me asking myself why 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 over and over about different things until i got to the root of it but for self-care i mean i'm a pretty strong-minded individual so i mean my self-care is like making sure I'm on my affirmations making sure i'm praying in the morning making sure i'm setting my day a certain way if it's not scheduled a certain way it'll throw me off so i gotta make sure i play with my dog i gotta make sure i do this i gotta make sure i do that that's my therapy, that's my, you know, my way of making sure my life is structured, but I think it varies from different people. Like Tommy said, some people may need therapy, some people may not. Some of us know when we need it, and some of us don't know when we need it. i <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, just fine, I love you. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it varies from person to person. I wanna try it though. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with that, for sure, I wanna try it. Thank you, appreciate y'all being there.